Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855am digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM, three CR digital, three CR dot org dot AU, and three CR on demand. Out of the pan with Sally as your host on a Sunday afternoon. Thanks first broadcasting thereupon. Thanks for your company. Three CR proudly um, broadcasts from the lands of the original inhabitants, and we re- and uh, we pay respect to our elders, past, present, and emerging. Also acknowledging the intersection of queer and Indigenous, um, including sister girls and brother boys, and acknowledging their unique contributions to diversity on and around the lands. There's lots of ways to get in touch with the show. You can um, email out of the pan 855 at gmail.com. You can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. You can SMS 61456751215, and um, you can look for the page, the post on Facebook on my page and also out of the pan 855 um, at Gmail, um, uh, etc. Well, a packed program, but no politics or not too much. Um, we're all, it has been an amazing few weeks, and of course, a big congratulations to all the climate action rallies on Friday. Um, amazing people there, and amazing signs. I'm still still on a high over the one I've seen smarter cabinets in IKEA, but um, that which was sensational. But as I say, we're having. Uh, um, programming diverse radio on Out of the Pan and today it's music time because we've, I'm joined in the studio for the whole program by the fabulous cast from The Rest is Drag and I'll get my first two guests which shows you how packed it is here in the 3CR headquarters today to introduce themselves with their name and pronouns. Hey, I'm Caleb Down. I use they, them pronouns. Yep. I'm Nicholas Gray and I use he, him pronouns. Cool. Well, The Rest is Drag. Um, it had a run in Fringe, which was awesome, and unfortunately we didn't get to have you in at that time, but we're, we're not like politicians, we're going to keep our promises and say <laughs> we're going to have people on the show, and so here we are, it's an early um, seasonal gift for everyone. Um, so much to talk about, where did it all start? How did um, the, you know, the, the production company and the show sort of all come together? Well, um, we became Darwin and Grey uh, not too long after getting together, we actually met at uni. Um, in a literature class, but we didn't like each other. We didn't talk. <laughs> we were in a group once, and I made a joke about the book we were reading, and Nicholas was just very unimpressed. Um, but the next year, I kept seeing him around at all these different places, and we actually ended up in class again. And then I went to see Pacific Overtures, and he was in the audience, so it gave me an in to talk to him in class. Um, and we quickly became really good friends, and I got him to help me to write a song 
for the music theatre unit that I was studying. Um, so yeah, we kind of started off our relationship really deep into music theatre and our, part, our writing partnership developed out of that. So yes, a, a slight, a slightly rocky start. But yeah, it, it shows we can we can all get together. You know what is the term? As um, um, Jerry Springer says, "Why can't we all get along?" Well, we can, <laughs> which is awesome. So um, yeah, you started writing together. Um, you know, there, I um, just for our for our audience, have there been productions prior to um, this one? You know, to to your this show, to the rest is drag. Yeah, so this is actually the fourth show that we've put together. Um, three of them with original songs. Um, so basically, Caleb writes the dialogue, the script, and I write the music and lyrics. And it sort of, I think, is very good at getting both of us to combine our mm. um, different talents in a really good way. Um, I think it kind of meshes together really well. Um, so yeah, we did. Uh, we've done three previous Fringe Festival shows, um, and our first original one was called The Adulteresses. Uh, which is about two showgirls in Paris in the 1950s and having a sexy love triangle situation. Um, and then we moved on from that to a musical last year called Bed Reckoning, which was about a couple who uh, they buy a bed from Ikea and they start putting it together and then it starts bringing out all these little issues that they have and all the problems in their relationships. So we started getting a bit more into... Um, sort of more serious relationship issues and um, I guess we've sort of followed that up this year with The Rest is Drag, which I think is a a very kind of modern take on relationships, dealing with sort of gender, identity, polyamory, um, all this kind of stuff. Oh, we've Oh, you've mentioned gender identity and polyamory to any, <laughs> to any Christian lobby members listening. Um, take your heart medication. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, which is a huge, which is huge, because um, you know it seems all you know that um, there is a lot going on, but we haven't had a lot, a lot of, or not enough, I'd say, artistic stuff that really focuses on gender. And I suppose the curiosity factor for me is there a meaning to the title, or is that a spoiler? You have to come along and see the show to work that out. <laughs> Do you answer? That? Yeah, you can. Go. Okay. Um, well, the rest is drag. We, we borrowed that from RuPaul. Uh, and the uh, we're all born naked and the rest is drag uh, concept yeah, that right. um, she's often talking about. And because it's like, it's like really key to this show, this um, conversation about gender, because um, say things. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah. So I guess uh, what we're trying to explore is that um, a lot of the labels that people adopt for their identity, their, um, their sexuality, they're all quite fluid and they can change over time. They're based in the, the context that you're raised in as well and you, you often have to kind of break out of that. Um, mm. So I think a lot of the show is about um, maybe finding that the the words that you've chosen to describe yourselves aren't always fixed. You don't have to put yourself in a box. Mm. And I think that's really like the core message of the show is that everyone should be um, open to changing over time. So basically the concept of the show, the the premise is that we have this um, drag queen and the drag king who perform together and they're both in uh, monogamous gay relationships and then they suddenly find themselves drawn to each other in a romantic way and that's really surprising for both of them because that, that is not really something they've experienced like that um, so they have to think about their sexuality differently and all this kind of stuff Aha, uh-huh. so 
We're doing some binary busting and lots of mono busting there, not just monosexual and, mono, and monosexual, one monogen and monogamous. We're um, yeah, really. That's now I like. I'm liking it more. And more. <laughs> so that that's awesome. Yeah. So um, it's um, it's certainly you know this is a 2018 queer show, which is awesome, mm. um, and that and that's really welcome. And how many people are in the cast? Well, we have four cast... Oh, no, five cast five members cast now. Members yeah, now. so we put it on at Fringe Festival and we yeah. had four, and now I've added an extra one, so... Ah, yeah. we're doing more binary busting. Even more, yes. Um, How are we talking? So we've got Jack Beebe and Anna Bailey as our leads, as the drag queen, drag king duo, and we've got the fabulous uh, Jess Cook and Daniel Kim um, as their partners, and then we've just added a, a uh, uh, another kind of minor character who's going to be floating in and out of the show, who'll be played by Theodore Murray. Aha, although I'm beginning to know Theodore quite well. I don't think anything Theodore can do is minor, but... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, definitely. Oh, they'll find a way to make it. That's right. I'm I'm having a happy flashback, if you like. There was a a skit on the D generation years ago about how to be an extra, and you don't just walk in and put a couple of drinks down if you're a waiter. You come in and you do this huge smile. (laughs) I'm I'm seeing Theodore do that. Yeah, Teddy. The other day at rehearsal, Teddy was like, "Oh, I'm, I, I've dialed it down because I don't want it to be too camp." And because Nicholas was just like, "No, no, no, camp it up," <laughs> and it was amazing. Yeah, I think our show is very much about uh, different kind of modes of queer expression, and I think one of those is that that really gets people in as an audience is to just be really camp, really over the top, really funny. Um, and I think that's kind of the tenet of, of like drag as well. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. All right, now here's where. Auntie Sally reaches for the coffee because we're going to do some live performance in the studio. So, um, is who? And um, we're going to do a little more mascara. Oh, uh, yep. So, a little more mascara is just uh, one of our songs um, that we've chosen to um, to put on. Yeah. Um, so we won't be performing that live. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> oh, that is the a song that's in the show. I beg your pardon. Um, so that's just from the Cage of Fall. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the musicals that inspired this one. Oh, right. Okay. So sorry, you're not performing that. My yeah, apologies. That's right. Um, okay. Well, we'll we'll keep talking then, um, <laughs> and um, you know, keep talking because we're going to talk about Midsummer. Um, you know, you've you've done Fringe, um, conquered Fringe, mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. But now we come into Midsummer and um, tell us about um, what's going on there. What are the Similarities. What are the differences? Um, not just in the show, but um, anything that's um, come out of it and um, venue, that sort of stuff as well. Hmm. Well, when we um, originally put on at the Fringe Festival, it was just at the Butterfly Club, um, which is quite quite a small venue. But because the season went so well, and we actually sold out several of our nights, which was amazing. Um, and lots of people told us they'd like to see it again, and other people were sad that they missed out on it. So we approached Chapel of Chapel, uh-huh. um, which is a much bigger theatre, which is daunting, but <laughs> also very, very exciting. Um, so that's jumping up to 150 seats. Whoa! Uh-huh. Um, but it's, what's really good about it is that there's less of a time restriction than they had at the Butterfly Club, which means we've been able to revisit the show and expand on it. And I've deleted the jokes that no one laughed at. Um, <laughs> <laughs> put in some nuance that we, some, we think yeah. we, they will laugh at. Yeah, added a song yeah. Um, and generally just like, yeah, made it a, a bigger and better show. Mm. Yeah, I think we've sort of, uh, we've never had the chance to revisit a show before. I think we've just put it on at Fringe Festival and that's kind of been it. But I think it's been really good to be able to... Um, 
like jump back in and expand on it, improve on what we've done. I think that for Fringe Festival it was quite good. It felt great together, but I think we're going to be able to deliver a really like polished musical theatre experience for to come and see it midsummer. Well, look, Fringe, of course, does good things um, to you know, give new shows and or new artists to start. You know, mm. They're fantastic on that, but now you've got some stuff sort of laid some foundations. Here you come into um, the height of queerdom at midsummer. <laughs> and I've got to say, I haven't done my, I used the, to go back to that phrase from 10 years ago, wonk analysis yet, but a quick look at the program. It's packed with good gender stuff mm. um, and all sorts of good events. Um, and I'm not just saying that because we know one of the organisers of the event who works for Midsummer. <laughs> yeah. It really, really is, which is so welcome to see. Um, you know, ten, 10 years or so ago, there really wasn't anything trans or gender diverse. Yeah. And so that's really, really cool to see and that you're part of it. Yeah, I think um, Midsummer often just seems to be very focused around sort of white gays and lesbians, which is, like, good that they can have their voices heard, but it means that other people from the, uh, the queer community don't feel like they're being heard. Mm. And I think it was really important for us to represent issues that aren't always put in the forefront in this musical. So we have one, like one of our characters is non-binary um, and uh, everyone ends up being very polyamorous and everything. So yeah, it's just really um, trying to put all those stories at, at the forefront is kind of what we're really wanting to do with our shows. Well, yeah, because the you know the yeah yes, there's obviously a strong gender identity and gender expression theme in the rest is drag, but um, you know you, as we said, you've now got some bi th- bi bi plus type of themes mm. in there and some poly themes, and they've been well you know a bit you know they haven't been huge in in, in midsummer as well. So hey, you know let's um, you know um, bust bust the binaries and bust <laughs> um, bust the you know, gender borders. This show, yeah, right in line with Out of the Pan, knowing no boundaries. So that that's really welcome to see. And um, we'll um, have a breather in a second. But um, in the meantime, um, when is the show on so people can start planning and um, making sure there's plenty of biscuits in the tin? It's on page 44 of the Midsummer Guide if you're an oldie like me who needs to see things on recycled paper. <laughs> uh, well, it's on at Chapel of Chapel, as I said, from the 24th to 26th of January. Yep. Um, Thursday and Saturday nights, so that's um, the 24th and 6th at 7pm and Friday night. Ooh, out late at yeah. 9 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, oldies like me can have the choice of being home at a sensible hour with a glass of warm milk or something <laughs> like that for two of the nights. An hour show. How, then how long was it in, um, in Fringe? At Fringe, it was a little bit under an hour, and at uh, Midsummer, it's going to be a little bit over an hour. Mm. So, yes, check your... Check your train timetables accordingly, <laughs> just in case you think you've got to d- z- dash out the door. And pretty reasonable prices, um, $29 full, $25 concession, and 22 for a group with a minimum of five. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, well, let's have a breather um, just for a second. We'll do a couple of messages and um, just um, um, make sure the community, community knows what's going on. You're on um, 3CR 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally and guests. The cast of The Rest is Drag, put on by Darwin and Gray. Today we celebrate 
from coast to coast, top to bottom, Night Owls on Rhythm brings you the best in Australian blues and roots to ride grooves every Tuesday night at 11pm right here on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Happy birthday to you. Let's think about the good times and don't get feeling blue. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Paul Miller, a.k.a. DJ Spooky, straight out of New York City. I'm checking in with Australia on 855 on your AM dial. And remember, community radio is subscription-sponsored, and I think it's incredibly important to always remember that it's a different perspective. Check it. Community radio now and beyond. This is David Rovix, and you are tuned to 3CR, 855 AM, Melbourne, Australia. Step three is finding there's a tactic when everyone believes it could be true. That if all the people work collectively, there just might be something we can do, and everything can change. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, a very artistic show today. We just had... Two of our messages um, with acoustic guitar and night owls on rhythm. Well, we're going musical here in the studio, and now um, for some live some live production. As I make sure my microphone's on for a second, um, you can spot the person who, in fifteen years on community radio, has never had people perform live in the studio. <laughs> this is live radio, people of all genders, um, including but not limited to ladies and gentlemen. But um, none of that. Um, right now, we've got a track from of the crew and we've had um, two new people come in so I'll just get you quickly to introduce yourselves and your name and pronouns. Hello I'm Jack Bibby. I use they them pronouns and I'm Anna Burley and I use she her pronouns and what are you going to perform for us live in the 3CR studios? All right so um, this song is about midway through the musical and it's about the two main characters um the drag king and drag queen in the show, uh, suddenly realising that they have all these feelings for each other and they didn't realise they were there before. They haven't had to really sort of think about their sexuality in a more expansive way for quite a while. Um, So this is just about them uh, feeling like these new things they have inside them are really forcing them to change the way they think about the world and themselves. It's called I Can Feel Myself Changing and so it's Jack Beebe and Annabelle Lickin performing. Let's have a listen. No, um, you uh, were you paying attention live to canned applause here at this studio? 3CR, 855am, <laughs> 3CR, digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR, on demand, out of the pan with Sally and lots of guests from The Rest is Drag. Oh, wow. Um, beautiful harmonies, thoughtful lyrics and, yes, some binary binary busting as we love to do on this show um thank you so much for that um peeps and uh, you're going to step outside if we can and we're going to keep chatting about lots of stuff um <clears throat> and uh, as we we rearrange the chairs no it's not the liberal party we're not rearranging the deck chairs on the titanic or anything you weren't going to get away for a to- whole week without politics people of all genders um might, if we've got a bit of time at the end of the show might have to talk about that but um yeah, so 
an hour show. Um, <clears throat> as someone who tried doing stand-up years ago and got to a tight 10, so I got beyond the tight 5, how is it, is it a challenge to put together an hour show, you know, sort of um, the big thing? I don't... Okay. Sometimes. Sometimes it really is. But yeah. with this one, once we finally worked out the idea and it took us a very long time to actually get to the point where we had this idea, um, it all came together pretty easily. And I think that's because so much of it is informed by our own experiences, mm. um, often uh, very fresh experiences. So it becomes very intense in the rehearsal period to hear the these issues going around and around and around that you've recently had to deal with. Um, but I th- both of us are really passionate about making work that's really genuine and mm. that, that is informed by, by real-life stuff because we feel like it's it makes it more valuable and also makes it easier for people to relate to. Yep. Oh, look, definitely. And I think... Um, yeah, there's so much in that anyone could go out and do something. We'll say, I'll use the inverted commas, formularise, but it's not from the heart, which isn't real art. Um, and that just totally came out on its own. <laughs> and so that that's great to see for starters. But, um, <clears throat> you know, there's obviously, you know, there's, you know, um, well, um, you know, there, there were some highs and lows in the song we just heard. But you know, there's probably been highs and lows for yourselves as well in terms of your personal journeys, you know, sort of um, what sort of things have happened as you've tried to be your authentic selves in relation to things in like gender, sexual orientation, um, you know, how you do you, you need to do your relationships. Um, if you're willing to talk about that, love to hear about it. Yeah, sure. Do you want uh, Well, I think this year in particular, um, a lot of the, the stuff that I wrote in the show was stuff that happened to me this year. Um, I think I've had to think about my gender and sexuality a lot more um, after um, getting another partner because uh, mm-hmm. Nicholas and I have been together for over four years now. Um, and then this year I started seeing Teddy, who's in our cast. Um, and I feel like simply starting uh, in a relationship that's that's polyamorous forces you to... Firstly, think about uh, the way you, mm. you conceptualise love and relationships and the whole idea of like exclusivity and um, trying to find a balance between seeing multiple people. And it's, 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 it's a time. <laughs> it can be very stressful. Um, but I think ultimately what we both feel is that um, a, like polyamorous relationships are just as valid as, as other relationship forms, and they can be just as rewarding. And I think that's something we really want to communicate with the show because I think a lot of the time, if you have multiple people involved with each other in, in film and television, it's generally it generally ends really badly. Um, it doesn't. There's rarely ever a, like a positive depiction of polyamory, so it's really important for us to put that out there. Yeah. This this is true that you know there's. <clears throat> people tend, um, or mainstream media can tend to play both what I call fictional, or sorry, I'll start that in, both news and arts media can tend to play on the negatives because, well, mainstream media wants to, you know, get ratings points and clickbait mm-hmm. sort of thing, and a happy ending perhaps doesn't do that, which is sad. But arts media, which you'd hope would be a bit more expressive and creative, um, would do that. So that that is really good because I do remember seeing a couple of things I can't remember if it was Midsummer or elsewhere a few years ago, and it did. It sort of did end in lots of tears, which mm. is sad. Um, I'm sure life doesn't always have happy endings, but it's good to get that balance in there. Um, you know, sort of for yourselves, what sort of things have come up 
in terms of um, moving from a couple to a polyamorous situation? You know, what sort of challenges, what sort of emotions? And on the lighter side, did you find Google calendars helpful in organising? I guess the thing that is most important in any relationship, but particularly when there are more people involved, um, is communication. Yeah. And I think learning to communicate what you need and not being afraid to ask for it is the main thing in, in any relationship, but it's, mm. it becomes even more important in polyamorous mm. relationships. You need to be able to um, communicate exactly what you sort of need from someone um, without doing without feeling like that selfish chart to, to sort of be protective of like yeah. how you can be made happy. Um, so that's one of the main things. And I think um, one of the main issues is uh, that that we've faced, and I, I think is is maybe a common thing, is to um, not always be able to express that, or maybe even not even know what you want until something's happened that's made you think, yes, I like this, or yes, I mm. oh, no, I, I this makes me uncomfortable. Um, but be able being able to like have those conversations without it feeling confrontational, just being able to say, you know, this makes this makes me uncomfortable. This um, we might need to work on this element. This kind of is generally it just has to feel like something that's evolving. Um, yeah. yeah. And also, I just had to learn to be less of a possessive bitch, um, <laughs> which was hard. Why don't, you say, but... why don't you say what you really feel? Yes. <laughs> No, look. You, in a way, jokes jokes aside, you've actually hit on um, hit on it there because the thing is, all these emo- emotions and feelings that are so deeply buried can. Now, I'm not been in a polyamorous situation myself, but I, you know, um, <clears throat> I was. You now, I was involved with Polyvic for a long time, the group in Melbourne, and went to the discussion groups and heard lots of stories, and so. These emotions that have sort of had a lid on them and all of a sudden you just ease the lid off and kapow, mm. you know, out they come. And so that can be really, it can be a big challenge when you've got that sort of intensity of emotion that does the proverbial volcano erupting to then have to deal with that and use that polyamorous mantra of communicate, communicate, communicate. Yeah. And if that doesn't work the first time, try it again. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, um, that, has, you know, that, that challenge comes up. But it's good that it's talked about because otherwise... Yeah, this is where the myths come in. People say, "Oh, that means polyamory can never work." Well, of course it can, mm. you know. And is it, you know, things beginning to settle onto the um, a sort of calmer sea now, so to speak? Oh, definitely. I think it. Yeah, it took took a little time, but I feel like we've both kind of adjusted to um, being able to, you know, uh, be with each other and be with other people in a way that feels very comfortable, um, and. Yeah, but but again, I, I feel like it's important to see a relationship as something that's constantly evolving. Yeah. Um, as soon as something starts to feel static, I think that's where maybe problems can come in. You're not communicating properly. Um, so one of the things I think that we wanted to talk about in the show is that um, it can be quite an adjustment for particular people to move to a polyamorous relationship, and maybe it's not always going to be... Um, easy and maybe not right for particular people, whereas other people it might just click and then suddenly they've got this amazing um, connection with their partner that maybe they didn't even have before. It's, it's actually helped them grow closer. Um, so one of the things in The Rest is Drag that we've kind of put in is, I think every character has a, their own perspective on polyamory and we wanted to sort of showcase that um, 
there there are a whole lot of different ways of arranging it, organizing it, and it's really based on the individuals and, and how they're feeling and yeah, what we, makes them happy. Yeah. We were very eager not to just be like, polyamory is great, everyone should do it. We oh, wanted absolutely. to be a bit more nuanced <laughs> than that and to show that, yeah, some people just actually can't. Mm-hmm. And that's okay as well. Well, that's right. There's um, you know lots of ways to be trans or gender diverse, mm-hmm. lots of ways to be bi, plus, pan, multi-gender attracted, and lots of ways to be poly. And comes back to as so long as you're being as honest as you can and not hurting anyone, preferably being nice to people. <laughs> there you go. So mm-hmm. look, this. So there's a there's a sort of says the some sometime advocate and educator sitting over here. There's a bit <laughs> of advocacy and education in the show in its way. Yeah. Mm. Oh, look, awesomeness. Um. So, uh, let's have, I'm just having a think. And what other aspects of the show that um, are there that perhaps we haven't covered or have we pretty much um, <laughs> gone through? I'm everything? sure there's, there's lots to talk about, I guess. Um, one of the things we haven't really talked about, I guess, is drag. Yeah. And so one of the things we wanted to do in the show is kind of present um, uh, a different view of drag to what's generally seen in the mainstream, which mm. is kind of like gay men dressing up as women and... Having, and it, it can often feel very binary, yes. um, the way that it's talked about, the jokes that drag queens make. Um, mm. And that's generally what most people's exposure to it is like. So we wanted to present um, uh, yeah, different ways of looking at drag and what is kind of on the scene, I guess. So um, we have our, our drag queen is non-binary, um, and, our, and then we have a drag king as well. Um, a lot of people don't even really know what drag kings are mm. and what they do. Um, that I've talked to about the show, I've had to sort of explain um, all these things. So I think it's good to be able to make art that that shows drag in a different way to just sort of RuPaul's Drag Race and um, Priscilla and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, well, that's the thing. If there is a shortcoming in that of putting inverted commas, traditional drag queen, it is the very ultra-exaggerated inverted commas in inverted commas, femininity, the beehive hairdo, the really... Amazing makeup, which from a makeup point of view, I, I, I'm in awe of because mm. I'm a lazy slob who can't be bothered <laughs> doing it. Um, but you know, um, it does can present an image of um, you know that is you know s- sort of narrow in its way. So yeah, that that's good to hear you know hear as well that we're really you know um, again busting all sorts of binaries of gender expression and identity as um, on every angle mm. and and showing that things can develop and change i feel like when it's not just in terms of relationships but in terms of your own gender and sexuality because that's something else that we see a lot um represented in the media is someone comes out and so they they're now gay they're now a lesbian whatever and that's it that's the end of the journey but it's so much more complex than that and i think we we really wanted to explore that in the show. Well, yeah, the other thing that is a part of the show, you know, which we've touched on, the intersectionality, to use that word, um, is there. Um, you know, and I hey, a future edition, I, I'm, get, I'm getting some ideas, but I won't, <laughs> it's your show, so I won't mention them on air or anything. <laughs> but there's so many angles you could add in, but, mm. I mean, for a start, you've got three that, or three or four, gender identity, gender expression, sexual orientation, and we'll say aspects of relationships um, that are you know making a pretty good intersection to get it rolling, yeah. So that that's really cool as well. All right, um, let's. Ha- I'm just going to have a think here. This is live radio. Tell you what, do a couple more messages perhaps, and then um, maybe we'll have um, the, our, get our performers in for the next track. 
um, or the next live track and then um, perhaps um, tie it all up once again and get everyone, squeeze everyone into the studio for a few <laughs> minutes after that. So I'll just get a couple of messages and we'll um, set up for another um, amazing piece of live music on 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally and guests, the crew from The Rest is Drag. Looking for a gift for the lefty in your life this Christmas? 3CR has a range of publications, clothing, CDs, wine and other products available online or from the station. New items include the 2019 How to Make Trouble and Influence People Diary, which features a radical event in Australian history for each day of the year, as well as stories and images covering Indigenous Australian resistance, strikes, street art, convict escapes, creative direct action, blockades, protests and occupations. Also available is Fighting for Spaces, Fighting for Our Lives, a collection of essays, photographs and first-hand accounts about the squatting movements from around the world today. And On The Fly, an anthology which features dozens of stories, poems and songs originally produced by American hobos from the 1870s to the 1940s. Sale of these publications all help keep 3CR on air. For more information or to make a purchase, visit 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Are you into riffs, licks and bands smashing skins with sticks? Are you wanting more rock booming from your box? Well, if so, tune into Rockbox, kicking off weekly, 12am, every single Sunday night, showcasing a diverse range of pure rock from Australia and OS bands. We're talking sludge rock, raw rock, modern, old, psychedelic rock, stoner, chill, crust, even a bit of punk rock and whatever else is rock-orientated. With myself, Beef, presenting this magazine-styled radio show, also have segments and interviews. So check it out, Rockbox, exclusively on 3CR, 855 AM. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3CR.org, 3CR On Demand, and Out of the Pan with Sally and a huge crew, um, qualitatively and quantitatively, from The Rest is Drag, featuring um, at Midsummer, 24 to 26 January, Chapel of Chapel, um, in the loft. Um, so um, get start booking now online at Midsummer. Well, um, more people in the studio. Let's do introductions again for the singers on the next number, because, um, well, Jack's back. <laughs> I'm back, hello. You're back. <laughs> but we're joined in the studio by, yeah, another cast member, and I welcome... Hi, my name is Daniel Kim, and I use he/him pronouns. So yeah, it's a it's a huge program of people. Um, now, what number are the two of, are the three of you going to do this time? All right. So this song is set a bit later in the show. Um, so the drag queen Michael um, and their partner Stephen have sort of opened up their relationship, and it's they've found that they're actually connecting in a way that they haven't been able to before. So it's really been a positive experience for them. So I thought it'd be really fun to do a kind of upbeat jazz pastiche number about polyamory because it's something that I've never heard before. I don't know if anyone's written one before, but I thought it'd be a a fun thing to do. So um, we're about to play and sing Polyglamorous. That sounds pretty awesome to me. I'll turn my microphone off, sit back, shut up, and let you all be and play and perform Polyglamorous. 
Let's get that um, applause going again. <laughs> 3CR, 855M, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand. A musical out of the pan, um, knowing no boundaries of sex, gender or genre, as we like to do. And, um, wow, if there, there's a couple of treats from the show, I mean, <laughs> if that's enough to get people booking those tickets at the Midsummer site, um, then I don't know what they have to do. Um, and a little bit of a, a, tink, a, a sort of staccato on the, on, on the keyboard at the end. You've got to love that too. <laughs> so, yeah, excellent. Now, there's just some more things we want to wrap up before we um, um, sort of perhaps give everyone in to get one We'll try and squeeze everyone into the studio for one big photo because um, we've got to. Um, because, you know, Polly's about abundance and we should all be here. <laughs> but um, just anything else about the show that we haven't covered yet, just if there were loose ends about the right – something about – mm. did we did the writing process. Sorry, I'm having a bit of yeah. HSP overload over um, here. But I um, guess yeah. maybe sort of our inspirations for it. Um, yes. I guess so, like you heard in that number, it's very uh, like a pastiche of sort of 30s and 40s jazz standards. Um, Cole Porter kind of songs. I really love all that stuff. Um, so, Silly Rhymes um, is kind of like... Yeah, I, I remember when I was writing that song, I had to... We came up with the title Polyglamorous. And we, Which is a phrase that we're coining, by the way. Oh, yeah. We, mm. want, it, we, want, it, we want it to add to the lexicon, so <laughs> anyone can use it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, when we came up with that, I, I had to desperately kind of find any rhymes that I could for amorous, glamorous... Clamorous was one that I came up with. It's, it's very, very silly. But, um, uh, yeah, so I wanted to have a few different musical styles in the show. Um, so the first one was a bit more of a, a ballad um, influenced by Stephen Sondheim's stuff. Um, but then, yeah, so we've got a sort of a pastiche uh, drag number at the start of the show. And then we've got um, kind of a, like a jazz ballad as well. And then this song. So we've sort of tried to cover a few different modes of sort of musical theatre writing as well, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, some of the songs we we're going to play of no, not your originals today, which we haven't had time to do. I mean, a little more mascara, La Cage Fall, uh, The Man That Got Away, Judy Judy Garland, mm. and The Miller's Son from A Little Night Music. So, yeah, there's lots of um, background, you know, sort of... Um, um, things to throw into the musical pants, so to speak, there, yeah. which which makes it good and original, as we touched on earlier. Yeah, I yeah. think the thing with those songs and that we want to do with, well, I, I want to do when I write my own stuff is to, even even if it's silly, if it seems like it's over the top or whatever, have this genuine element of like heart and um, this like emotional core. I think in that song, Polyglamorous, it's like it's it's very silly, it's very pastichey, um, very like enjoyable on a surface level, but it's also fueled by this feeling of um uh this couple being able to connect in this way that they haven't before and i think it's really sweet um to to see them on stage dancing around and and singing about their relationship feeling really great and secure yeah Yeah. which is really good there was something i was going to ask i mean it can be you know we live in a world sadly that doesn't in times involve valuing artistic talent sadly at times it doesn't involve we'll say queer and yet you're out there doing it. If you have you got any thoughts for people who are perhaps wanting to do queer artistry of some sort, whether it's music, singing, um, anything? Um, I don't know. Um, clay modelling. I'm, sure <laughs> I'm sure there's a way to do queer clay modelling sure because we're is. we're amazing and creative. We'll come up with it. Yeah. But seriously, you know, any thoughts um, for people who are just maybe you know, what do you do if you're feeling hesitant? You know, how how would you get get 
you know, just keep going, that mm. sort of thing. Anything that's helped you get through when it's been a bit stuck? I think that um, it's really easy to get in your head and keep telling yourself that your writing isn't good enough, no one's going to enjoy it, all this kind of stuff. Um, get Be defeated before you've even sort of made the made the leap mm-hmm. to showing other people. But I think it's really important to um, to connect with other people who are interested in the same things that you are and who will be able to encourage you and give you that momentum. Um, I think it was really important for us to sort of connect more to the queer community and the theatre and cabaret community, um, go to events, talk to people, um, and just uh, people will be like so welcoming of, of new art. I think there's a real kind of welcoming scene that's ready for new queer performers and writers to join it. Um, so we just need to, to um, firstly, um, not be afraid if to, of sounding silly, of, of writing something that doesn't sound like it's polished. Everyone sounds like that when they start up, and it'll, the, the polishing will come with time. Um, but also not be afraid to show other people, connect to other people, talk about what you're really interested in and inspired by. And then when you feel like you're m- part of a community that really wants your art, I think that that's really helpful. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that is awesome because it is challenging and, you know, thoughts that came through my mind as you, as I heard all that, you know, perfectionism gets in the way. It's got to mm-hmm. be um, Mozart's fifth or whatever before it even gets performed. One note gets performed. No, it can't be. Um, so, yeah, just go for it. Keep the momentum going. And, you know, something that I don't know must have been an intuitive thing. I'm actually myself doing this one of those daily OM courses called mm-hmm. Overcoming Creative Anxiety, which could be helpful as well. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of stuff out there, but I think, yeah, you've got it. Momentum sounds like it's critical as well. Yeah. Just keep going. Yeah. Which we all need more of. And if you can, just find someone to fall in love with and collaborate with forever. <laughs> well, for that's, that's right. Um, <laughs> I have I have to say the thought did strike me early in the show. There's a bit of an Elton John and Bernie Taupin going on here. Not yeah. not that they were they were lovers to my knowledge, but um, that sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, you know, there's lots of people who um, you know sort of um, you know um, collaborate together with song and lyric or mm. all sorts of things or various harmonies of all sorts. So yeah, there's yeah. Um, the universe can work in a queer and creative way. Yeah. Now I'm just um, seeing if we're going to get to the rest of the the crew um, back in. Yep. Um, yep, um, for a big finale. And now, I'm not. I'm not going to. I was, I was tempted to say, okay, just for, just because I'm feeling a bit lost without some of my regular music. Are we going to? Can you do a karaoke version of Kaysan or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, only kidding. Um, but it is, you know, it is really awesome to see. So we're just going to get everyone back in. Um, I'm not really sure. We're gonna, let's we'll ad lib something. Um, <laughs> you know, sort of um, just a final bit of. Um, Anything you want to sing, go on. Um, it can be from the show, it can be a favourite. Just crowd around the mics. Um, this is live radio, people of all genders. Um, so we'll just do something and um, close it out. To the, um, well, cast and crew, to use that famous saying, of the rest of drag, once more, 24 to 26 January, um, during the Midsummer Festival program at midsummer.org.au. Um, Thursday the 24th and Saturday the 26th, 7pm, Friday the 25th at 9pm for a show of around one hour. And it should be a cracker, but as I say, I've got to get some reading going on the whole Midsummer program and start drilling in over the next couple of weeks because there's lots happening in there of all sorts and it's great to see. So I think we're going to um, pull something out of left field here with all of the crew. Uh, cast and crew who are here 
um, people are looking at me going, really? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just, uh, you keep planning, <laughs> live radio yet again, um, just very quickly. Um, there's lots of other things coming up over the next week. Bent TV on Friday night um, is one such thing. And, um, of course, Seahorse is on next Saturday, the last one of the year. Lots of events will go through. We'll just do a few more of them before the end of the show. Um, so, um, yes, um, other things that are coming up, yes, yeah, Seahorse on Saturday, and, well, Talking Polly, the Polyvic Discussion Group is on Tuesday week, the 11th, so um, lots of things coming up in the community. All right, I think we've got something assembled, <laughs> assembling, um, yep, nearly there, so gather around the microphones, um, untested live radio, but... Hey, that's the spirit of true performance, and I have no idea what is going to happen, so I'll get it introduced. Well, um, we've decided that we'll do one final song from the show, which is our opening number, which is sung in drag by Jack and Anna. Uh, the, the theme is around sort of uh, gendered treatment of, of women by men. Um, so we have this kind of scenario where... Uh, this guy, this drag king, has come up, is saying all these problematic things about women, and then suddenly we have this uh, uh, supernatural being who's appeared, <laughs> calling themselves Aphrodite, and telling them that they're, and telling uh, this this horrible man that they have some things to say. So this is don't be a dickhead. And loving it. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3CR.org.au, a finale from the crew of The Rest is Drag. A message for Scott Morrison on that last line <laughs> and co. Look, the rest is drag um, team. Thank you so much for coming in um, to the um, um, quietly um, efficient organiser um, theatre there in the background. Um, thank you. Um, absolutely amazing. Once again, 24 to 26 January um, on at the loft room, Chapel of Chapel, 12 Little Chapel Street, Pran, near Malvern Road. Um, get down there and enjoy. Um, just big thank yous. Um, very quickly, we've covered all the events coming up. There weren't any messages in today. Um, so, yeah, thank you. I'd better make way for the crew from um, Freedom of Species in about a minute's time. Um, they're coming into the studio next to talk all things animal advocacy. I uh, forgot to thank the crew from Out of the Blue prior to the show, diving deep for the marine news as they do every Sunday from 11.30 till noon. So some amazing queer talent, um, amazing queer creativity, which of course is, um, to use a polyamorous term, definitely in abundance in our communities. Um, an absolute joy and, well, um, have a happy midsummer, teams. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. I have no... Actually, next week on the show, we'll be catching up with Jen and Henry um, talking about HIV futures, which is wanting to get some more trans respondents to their research. So um, that's next week and may have a, a surprise guest on as well, still working on that. And then two more shows for the rest of the year before I sort off and use my annual leave and get 17.5% loading on my normal pay. Hang on, that's nothing. Um, anyway, leave it there. Um, and the only track I could find to get us um, to bridge us over into... Um, which was a bit loving, um, was, um, as I dug out, totally not the same genre, but this is a diverse show. Here's the Eagles and um, Glenn, the late Glenn, Glenn Fry on lead vocals. What do I do with my heart? Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. Thanks to the crew, uh, cast and crew from The Rest is Drag. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. <laughs>